Broken by starvation and poverty While the iron masters sip their wine We're young and old together marched for justice But the bayonet and the bullets what they find And bread or blood, a cry to call you We come too far, lads, now to run Merthyr town in 1831 They were cut down by the government guns Hello listeners, welcome to another edition of Tales for Wales The pod that never, ever, ever fails to <laughs> inform, entertain, enthrall And I can't remember any other words engorge. we used in the last couple of intros in, in, Yeah, engorge, yeah. get people nice and fucking rock <laughs> hard Toit in the pants. Um, <laughs> I'm Jack, and as usual, I'm joined by my friend of many a decade, Franco. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Dick Penderin. Uh, I, I can't think of a dick joke right now, but I'm sure I will later. <laughs> Before that, though, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, dick, dick joke. You're coming up short with that one, uh, just like in the background. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to go so personal, but yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That was, that that was, was nice to Amy. I hope that's all getting better. Mate. <laughs> I texted before this. It's completely <laughs> backed up by fact. <laughs> I've got the cold heart evidence here. Yeah, and if anyone wants to see it, just <laughs> at us, and I'll fucking tweet the pics. Um, you asked what I've been up to. I had one of those moments mm. today. That is uh, that every work shy piece of work for years I, I had like my work's been quite quiet so I, I actually asked my boss I was like oh is there anything else I can do today like I'm looking for work and uh, <sighs> you fucking bum yeah, I know well the thing is <laughs> we get marked like, like you have to every client we work with you kind of have to uh, put your hours against it so if, if it comes like what do you do today I played quite a lot of oh, Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> <laughs> so I am. Um, I mean, I did that wouldn't him. be time well. That would be time well spent, in my yeah. opinion. But yeah. Well, I I usually just ask for something that's quite easy, and I will spend longer than mm. I need to on it. But anyway, so he, he said, oh, actually, no, there's not an awful lot. We're waiting for something big to come in. So um, as I was waiting around, um, it got to about five o'clock, and a, a client text a message us and said, oh hey, uh, can you help with this? And then I got called onto a call with like four other people. So there's five of us on the call, and I literally mm. the minute the call started, I just switched off. And I started daydreaming. I was looking um, oh. through Sky about what I was going to watch um, with our food. And <laughs> it's like chocolate. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> it's what the people want. They will know this. And I was like, I even powered up the PlayStation. And it got about 15 minutes in. And everyone on the call was really... <laughs> powered powered up the console in prep. Like, I know I'm not going to last at least 10 minutes. So I might as well get a game loaded up ready. And it was like 5 o'clock. And I meant to finish at half five. So I thought, well, what's going to be happening here? Um, but the call went on for about 20 minutes, so it was like 20 past five. Mm. And then, then I started thinking, oh, everyone seems really amped up, and like something big's just happened. Oh, and I, and I had I'd be brooding at this point, I'd be going, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did, I, put, I turned off the PlayStation again, it only just powered up, which was annoying. <sighs> but I, uh, I put it to the side, and I thought, oh, I should probably start like listening. And then it was, it was quite, like, it sounded quite heavy. And then I, I, th- I thought, I like, with about five minutes left of the call, I started writing notes furiously, because I knew what was going to happen, and it did happen. And they went, oh, uh, Frank, are you happy to uh, reply back to the client then with what we just discussed? And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I would be if I had yeah. any idea any what idea. you've just been discussing. But then, this is what I think everyone's just blagging, like, just pure blagging, mm. because... 
I literally didn't listen to it. And I'm not being bravado. I wasn't listening. I was just a bit tired, a bit lazy, just not on, not on my game today. And um, I, <laughs> they said the only thing I wrote down was like two things. We said, oh, it's not about the size of the company, it's the size of the audience. And I thought, that's the... <laughs> I pin in my entire response fucking, on that phrase. Such a fucking platitude there. There's just <laughs> absolutely nothing of substance. You are, yeah, this is enough to work with. So, so that was the, literally that sentence. was like, I'm going to craft this entire response. And I, so I, I was looking at who was also on the call who else was on the call so I'd be like if I got a friend on the call like a message being like dude what the fuck was that can you help me mm. um, but then oh, they're all just they're all lovely but they weren't really the kind of people I'd go to saying hey I'm an idiot so can you help me <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I said oh yeah sure guys I'll write it up um, can I send it to someone just to double check before I, to make sure I've captured what we've all just discussed oh, um, the classic yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I just sent the email back saying it's not the size of the company, it's the size of the audience. No, and I, and I, I blagged it, and I, I read through his email, and I tried to pitch together what it might be, and I sent it on to someone. And my when you see what my draft was compared to what we sent to the client, it was a porn. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was like a scribbled piece of paper with dribble on it. It's like <laughs> it classic like going, so, yeah, so this is what I've come up with. It's, uh, you know, it's not the size of the audience, it's the size of the company, um, yeah. or whatever it was, whichever way around. could be wrong way around. Yeah, imagine and I get the wrong goes, way yeah, around. Yeah, no, no, no worries, but you did actually miss, like, the six major points. You go, oh, did I? Oh, pff, oh. what am I like? And then you just note them down, thanks, that's my job, done. The first part, the first part of the call, I was sat there thinking, I was having, like, bad hay fever at the time, or, like, sneezing. I think, like, the dog just came too close to me or something. But I do sneezes where you go... <laughs> Like that, you know, you, you yeah, stop it. The ones that could fucking knock your eyes out if well, you don't close them. Yeah. I then went on like a two minute, like, because uh, I got ADHD as well, so my it's quite hard to do any trails of thoughts. I started then just thinking fucking about. Hell, um, out all the bloody excuses for this one, didn't you? <laughs> and I also had a bad relationship <laughs> with my dad. And I got ADHD, and actually, you know, I've been going through a lot lately. Yeah. And I've got a problem with my weight, and uh, my dad, dad never said he loved me. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was then, I then started thinking, oh, what if I stopped, like, I don't because I don't let any sneeze out I just go <laughs> like that what if it like impacts my brain and my brain just one day just goes poof like explodes and I was like oh shit the ultimate sneeze comes out because you've been building them up all your yeah. life so let's <laughs> just get the one mega sneeze and you fucking yeah head explodes <laughs> um, and then because I, I went to the gym today and um, I've been I told you I was doing rowing and Rowan's like fucking, it's it's good. Like I've Fuck been doing, that, mate. oh, it's it's hard. And we used to do it when we used to gym together, didn't we? Yeah, but like, I used I, to hate I, those days. I've been doing weights for fucking ages, and they're fine. I'm good at doing weights, but you don't lose weight by doing weights. You just <laughs> you have nice arms and a fat tummy. So, <laughs> so I said, oh, I should probably do something about the rest of my body. And, um, and then I said, like, well, I'm picturing if one day I was rowing, my arms get stuck on the row thing. They just come off and I have no more arms. The only thing I like <laughs> about my body. <laughs> and it was just all whilst they were yabbering on about some client work. Popped out of the fucking shoulders <laughs> like a fucking Ken doll. <laughs> and you still <laughs> you don't get it. That's it then, yeah. Mm. Oh well, yeah. That's uh, fair enough. That does sound pretty horrible. I've been in that situation before. Where you just go, "Oh, this is a meeting I don't have to pay attention to." Yeah. And more often than not, especially in my work, they do the meeting. I go, "Look, we'll send the summary around afterwards." It's like, "Don't invite me to the meeting. I'll just read the summary." Actually, I probably won't even read the summary. But <laughs> why, why have you employed me? <laughs> yeah, why do you why do you pay me? Um, but if someone goes, "Oh, have you done that thing we asked you to do the meeting?" Then I can quickly Google in Outlook, Google in Outlook. You know what I mean? Search in Outlook. <laughs> yeah some keywords and go right that's what I was meant to do so yeah it's it's not nice to be in that situation but no, you know, they don't make it nice do they I was going to mention I've been on a um, a speed awareness course have you 
Yeah. Amazing. So do you know we went on a little uh, some keen eared listeners might remember when you mentioned a um a weekend away with the, the guys and gals right. um down in Devon. When was that? There was that, like a few months ago now, it wasn't it? Anyway, February, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty for the listeners who don't know, uh, I'm a pretty slow driver, I'm most pretty grannyish. Cautious Carol, not the most confident, very grannyish driver. I'm always at the speed limit or lower. The one time I fucking went over the speed limit, I was on a motorway, I did 80 and a 70, right? That, that I feel like there's more people doing 80 on the motorway than there isn't, right? You only should Absolutely. do 80 on the motorway. Yeah, 70 is too slow for the motorway, even I think that, right? And bloody, yeah, some fucking Devonshire policeman got me, some fucking clotted <laughs> cream shagging <laughs> cunt. Fucking, <laughs> not mob bear, uh, had me. And yeah, so I had to do this bloody thing. At first, I thought they're not going to make me go back to Devon, are they? And like make me do this in like a fucking office somewhere. Thankfully, it was all over Zoom or whatever. And uh, it was ugh, it was exactly what you expect. Just the most boring thing in the world. It's uh, the most obvious shit. But I had this um this Yorkshire woman on there t- like teaching us, teaching us. You know what I mean? It's it's very fucking straightforward. She was like, right. Sign in front of you says it says forty. What 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 speed you do? And he'd be uh, like four, uh, 40 And she goes right, right, yes, exactly right, exactly right. Smart lad, smart lad. Right, <laughs> you go far, you ne- little lad. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm not doing a woman's voice. I can't do a woman's voice in Yorkshire. This is have to do. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah. Really good. oh very, very good. <laughs> and then and then the next question would go right now. You see fifty. What's fifty? How fast you go? And you go, 50, and then you go, right, exactly right, again, yes, big tick for you. And all of a sudden, it was basically that all the way through. And there was like little bits like, she'd go, um, you know, she'd catch someone on her phone, she's like, Sandra, Sandra, I don't mean to be, I, 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 oh, I don't like to do this. I do not like to do this. But if I see you on your phone, I'm going to have to kick you out. I, I don't want to fucking do it, Sandra. I'd rather claw my own fucking eyes out than kick you out of this. But... If you see you on your phone again, I'm gonna have to kick you out. I'm gonna have to kick you out. And it was like, uh, okay, so fucking militant. You guys have your camera on. You know, I'm used to see someone seeing my little profile pic on Zoom calls, and I can fucking just do whatever I want. Yeah. But they got that watching you like a hawk. Yeah, it was just lots of that, and then it's obviously been tailored, so you can't just zone out and be, you know, looking into the distance. It's glassy-eyed on this thing because they go through one by one and go like. Oh, so what did you think of that then? What did you think of that? And it's like, oh, you have to think of something. Yeah. And um, they got what? And at the end, they're like, oh, what? What was? The, what was the most interesting thing you found about this then, Jack? And I was like, I don't know. That's like fucking my head. I was like, what's? I don't know. That's asking me like what my? I don't know what my fucking favorite cloud I've ever seen is or something <laughs> like that. Like, how how can I answer this? You know, I've been so fucking uninterested the entire time. But the best thing is, is you can give a bullshit answer, yeah. and they they'll just have to accept it, and they're like, "There we are." Then you're at the end, you know, you haven't got your three point, your three points or whatever. And it was a, uh, yeah, just a bit like you know, you think it's like a waste of time. Oh, like, you're not going to tell us what your favourite moment was. Oh, it, oh, I can't if you really want. <laughs> of course, everyone's oh, dying for this. Okay, did you know that uh, they showed a video right, and it was like, "This is a car stopping at 30. And they yeah. marked where if it stopped on this runway. you hit me at 20 runway. miles, I'd be dead as a oh, doorknob. They did. That, this, the Yorkshire woman did say something like, you, you hit a kid at that fucking 20 mile an hour, right? Uh, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. be all right. She'll be all right. <laughs> and then he's like, him and he's fucking dead, yeah? Fucking dead. 
fucking Bromley. You know that, right? You fucking disgust me, you do. <laughs> yeah. You go around fucking hitting kids You're all day long. Speeding bastards. But, <laughs> speeding bastard liars. But yeah, so uh, I won't yeah. bother finishing what my most interesting thing no, was because it is that, not yeah. interesting. No. Uh, it's basically just, you know, do the speed limit. I knew it was going to be that, but it's one of those things where, like, most of the people. I mean, I'm not a fast driver anyway, but anyone who is a fast driver isn't going to change their no. habits. But do you remember you used thing. to have to do them in person? Oh yeah, no. If they didn't make me do that, I'd I'd have just said, "Give me the points." I'd rather the points. Yeah, give me than the, the bullet, fucking mate. do that. Shoot me the yeah, just I'd say, "I'll take my fucking license away." Do do me a favour, fella. <laughs> take my fucking license away. Well, talking of uh, taking away someone's license, um, ooh, that's kind of a segue. Uh, today we're going to discuss Dick Pendennin, but more so, actually, it's going to be the Mirtha Risings or the Mirtha Riots. Um, I was saying to Jack before we started this, um, this has been my most interesting. I'm doing most of the bulk of the research for this one, um, and going to tell you about it. I'm sure most of you know lots about it, but um, I this is the most interested I've ever been researching any of our stuff. I thought it was like fascinating, crazy, uh, cinematic. Like it was so. It just feels like crazy because all I ever knew was that, okay, spoilers, you know, Dick Van Deren was the last man in Wales to be hung. Um, mm. And I kind of thought, well, that was it, and he's involved in a kerfuffle. Well, uh, yeah, it's even I, in my limited research, because I know you're doing the, the bulk of it for this one, but in my limited research, yeah, like you said, very, you could easily make a film out of this, couldn't you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It'd be it's, so uh, easily done. I, I, yeah, I, I, whilst doing it, I, I spent a long time doing a bit more notes on this, and I think we're both going to try and do a bit more thorough research going forward, aren't we? With topics you can do, you know, um, the areas that you can cover that have more notes. And this I had loads of notes, but like, it's we're not going to make it fucking dull and boring. It's not really our style to get bogged down. Uh, in the no, because we if, if it's boring, we get bored we're and out. we're like, no, oh, but this I was just fucking, I just, I don't know, I just loved it. I thought it was a really, really, really interesting one. So, without much further ado, let's get involved and tell you a tale from Wales. I'll just sorry, I'll just say before you start, mate. The reason that I um. Uh, I did a bit of research on this and then I remember texting you and you said, oh, it's okay, mate, I'm doing like all the bulk of this. You can just do like little observations or whatever. And it's because I start, and I'm, I'm not proud of this, I started doing my first load of notes uh, on Dick Turpin because I'd forgotten what we, <laughs> what we were talking about. <laughs> I knew it was Dick something and I was like, oh, what is it, Dick Turpin? And I remember like, I Googled it and I started writing a bit and I went, English high woman and I was like that can't be right we wouldn't have picked that and I was going through it for a bit and then you when you text back then going like oh I'm doing the bulk of it on Dick, Dick Pender and I was like that makes more sense <laughs> makes a hell of a lot more sense you can give us a roundup on Dick Turpin at the end if you like I didn't even get that far because I saw English and I thought is that something we cover <laughs> right so so, like I said, it's, it's going to cover a bit of Dick, Dick Pendellian, but really it's going to focus on the Mirtha Riots. And they're also got, I only call them the Mirtha Risings, because I think riots has got connotations that I, I don't quite agree with. Um, mm. So, the build-up. I'll start, start with the build-up. So, this is a brief bit of actual history. During the Industrial Revolution, uh, which spanned from 1760 to around 1840, iron masters developed mines for coals and iron production. But then as the demand for these materials increased, the IMS became mega rich. Um, however, like List Trust found out, trickle-down economics doesn't quite work, and, the, and as the IMSters got richer, the working conditions of the workers didn't follow suit. In fact, they got much worse. So all these really big, rich IMSters had these great big mines and stuff, and they were getting fucking big bucks. But then the workers would end up getting the fucking short end of the shovel. 
I, uh, I don't believe that, mate. I just I don't <laughs> believe that capitalism could ever. It's woke do it in that culture way. that's uh, making it's, that's better. that's wokeing stuff, mate. Yeah. And I won't have uh, that part. So <laughs> workers ended up having to work longer hours, um, and there were very few holidays or days off, and there was no sort of sick leave. Um, and there were also massive real dangers of the job, such as like collapsed mines and th- something called iron splash, which is when molten iron would splash back and burn the workers. Um, and Jesus. if it happened to you, you wouldn't get much compensation, if any. That is fucking rough. Yeah, certainly it's, something I've never heard. Iron splash yeah, doesn't sound pretty, great. Pretty, yeah. Um, and then consequently as well, the living conditions were equally as shit. Um, they had loads of cheap houses built next to these mines uh, by the Iron Masters, where the workers were crammed in together with very little sanitation and clean water. And as a result, there was an epidemic of cholera and typhoid and a devastatingly sad high infant death rate. Um, houses were really poor quality and they were built out of sandstone, which led to damp and resulted in uh, respiratory problems. Um, and also, workers would sometimes be paid in a system known as the truck system. Um, and the truck, in sense, this the truck in this sense is relating to the uh, isn't relating to a car, but it's relating to the old English word meaning exchange or barter. Um, uh, I did read. Yeah, this is one thing I did happen upon, and that was yeah. um, you didn't get paid money. Did you get paid in like provisions and so? Well, like yeah, the truck system was a way of iron masters. They don't actually have to pay their workers in money, but instead give them tokens to use at the iron masters' own shops, which are called truck shops or Tommy shops. Um, and the prices of these goods in the truck shops tend to be way higher than they would be in ordinary shops. Plus, they'd be much lower quality. So it's like me giving you ten pounds worth of credit in my store, and my bananas are nine pound worth of credit. Well, next door they're only five pound, and they're shit bananas. So fucking um, nine pound shit bananas. That's the way we're going now, don't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the iron masters and the industrialists who owned these iron works would make great contributions to the places that that homed their workers and mines. So in Merthyr, there was one influential iron master, Josiah John Guest, uh, who was the owner of Doylice. Uh, he built a mm-hmm. library, a chapel, and like, schools and stuff like that for his workers and those who lived there. Then on the flip side, in 1825, we had William Crayshaw. He owned Cafartha and was one of the wealthiest men in the United Kingdom. And now he's one of the wealthiest men that's ever been in the United Kingdom. He'd like now and then. He was like, he's been unparalleled for how rich he was. Um, so when this other guy, Josiah John Guest, decided to build libraries, chapels and schools, uh, William Crayshaw, he ordered, he built a castle for himself overlooking his works. So when all these people oh, in nice these shit houses, um, he built a literal castle. So these displays of wealth from the Iron Masters reflected the divide between the situations of the working class and the wealthy upper class. So, I mean, mm. you got on one hand, you got a man who's built a literal castle for himself to look at his workers, whilst on the other side, the workers are losing their children due to the poverty they're forced to live in. So that takes us then to 1831. And this week, we're going to look at what happens when you push the workers to the brink and what happens to a society when the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And we're yeah. going to look at the story of Dick Penderin and the Mirtha Rising. Yeah, revolution, baby. Revolution, revolution, revolution. (laughs) (laughs) So as I said, uh, the Industrial Revolution started in 1760 and lasted up till around 1840. Uh, And now we're going to focus on Merthyr Tidville, um, especially in this year, 1831, which many see as the start of the end of the Industrial Period. And in 1831, much of the towns and villages across the industrial South Wales were in the midst of an upheaval of political and social unrest. But Merthyr was especially defiant, angry and hard done by uh, there are already awful working conditions in the mines and ironworks, mixed with appallingly low wages for such a dangerous job. Uh, now the wages were being cut, and in some cases there were mass layoffs as demand for coal and iron fell away. 
A couple of years earlier, in 1829, there was economic depression fueled by this fourth iron, which pushed up the prices of goods and greatly affected the cost of living, something us poor sods know all too well at the moment. Oh, um, yes. His families were working really hard and having very little to show for it, which resulted in many people falling into debt. And then when families couldn't pay that debt, the court of requests would keep records of uh, who was owing and send bailiffs around to seize the goods. And in Merthyr, these people fucking hated these debtors and, and bailiffs. I can't imagine not a lot of people were very chummy with them. No, yeah, some can't come around and collect. You're working and see you're fucking working to the bone. Yeah, getting um, fucking splashed with fucking yeah, molten metal splash. and yeah, iron splash, and then someone goes, "You owe me fucking fiver." <laughs> yeah. So the people of Merthyr were determined to get a parliamentary reform. Yeah, as at the time there was all these rotten boroughs, and um, Merthyr didn't actually have any representation in Parliament. Um, so the workers wanted the big thing the workers wanted was to have someone represent them and improve their working conditions. So they didn't even have a voice in Parliament, and they were being massively hard done by by these uh, iron masters. Um, so this led to a unions being like a vital part of giving workers a, a voice. Um, yeah. you, you know, like everyone always says, how much unions are important now. The reason we have maternity leave, sick pay, holidays is because of these unions. Oh, yeah. Because of all the work they've done in the past, yeah. Yeah, and these unions, such as the Colliers Union, they try to strengthen their position in Merthyr, and they seem to have like a, this was contributing to this uprising that was happening. Um, prior to the rising, there was a mass meeting of iron workers held at Wine Common on the thirtieth of May. Um, you can open that pop. I can hear you fucking. Yeah, I'll just try and be quiet with it. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll let just visit all in one. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fuming. It's not even nice pop. It's the fucking yeah, co-op no, shit. You always have shit then. Uh, I'll keep all this in. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> prior to the rising, a mass meeting of iron workers was held at Wine Common on the 30th of May 1831, and this was considered the largest political meeting of workers ever held in Wales. And this reflected the prevalence of the workers that were joining the organisation. Um, due to the effects of the economic depression, that uh, Crawshaw bloke I mentioned earlier, he announced he was going to yeah. be cutting wages of the Cafartha iron workers, um, which led to this massive meeting. They were like, fuck this. We can't cut our wages anymore. We're not really happy with things that are going on. I tell you <laughs> yeah. what, make them suffer harder. That's always a good yeah. thing. And Merthyr is one of those towns that grew massively due to these things. You know, people were kind of brought in to live there, and then when mm. when they kind of butchered the earth for all it was worth, they, they kind of left. And, you know, yeah. the, there's a duty of you. If you earn all this money from the land, you should look after the people who did it. Um, and aside from these wage cuts, um, the situation was exacerbated when Crawshaw sacked 84 puddlers. And briefly, an iron puddler was a, a worker in an iron manufacturer. He specialised in puddling, which is it, which is sounds mad, but it's the improved process of converting pig iron into wrought iron with the use of a ref, reverberatory furnace. Reverberatory furnace. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's, you work as a two-man crew, uh, and a puddler and a helper could produce around fifteen tons of hour. But you work twelve-hour shifts, and it's like it's, it's unbelievably hard. Jesus. Um, yeah. It's had them by low pay, but it's something that quite a few people did up there. And he sacked off 84 mm. of them, which was a big con- part of the community. So it made a big part of the community mm. now unemployed. Uh, and the town was absolutely enraged by this. So coupled with the grievances they were already experiencing, the people in Merthyr um, were really pissed off. And so began the Merthyr Rising. Now I'm going to talk about some of the protests that took place during these risings. We're going to look at a guy called Lewis Lewis, who was known as Lewis the Hellweird, or Lewis the Huntsman. Lewis, he's a butcher and a horse runner, and he worked as a haulier carting coal from mines in Lloydcoid uh, to Lime Kilns in Pendellin. 
Uh, he was like a bold, large, charismatic man who was respected, fair, and honourable. And lots of people in this community really liked him, just like me. Um, and he, <laughs> he, he built up, and just like me, he built up a mass debt. Uh, no, he, he built up, <laughs> he, he built up a debt. And when the bailiffs came around to take his stuff, he was having none of it because he worked hard. And he just the only debt he built was trying to live. So he challenged the yeah. court, and he reached a compromise with the bailiffs that would only take. So the bailiffs would only come and take a trunk from him. Okay. Um, but the next day, however, on the 2nd of June, 1831, a giant angry crowd went to the shop that was selling his trunk and yanked it back. They were like, fuck this, Ooh, Lewis is one of the boys. Don't fuck with the trunk. community. Yeah. Fuck this with then one happened. of us, you fuck with all of us. <laughs> yeah, well, that did happen. They then went to every shop across Merthyr that was selling people's uh, st- uh, items taken by the courts and stealing it back. Yeah. And this giant crowd eventually turned into f- uh, their furious eyes away from the shops that were selling their stuff and instead on the bailiff's houses. So they opted for the old taste of your own medicine theory and started ransacking <laughs> the bailiff house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one guy, uh, Thomas Williams, who was a bailiff, he was the first house to be ransacked, and then all these other iron workers joined the crowd, and he's just getting a big swell of uh, angry people. Um, I can I can imagine the glee at them going, "Don't take that! I worked hard for that. What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Well, all of those magistrates and iron masters and bailiffs were like, "Fuck." Um, they, they and 70 special constables had to run to a pub to avoid this crowd that was growing. Mm. Um, and the pub was called the Castle Inn. So when Chief Magistrate J.B. Bruce failed to persuade the crowd to disperse, they read the Riot Act. Uh, they read it in Welsh and English, but the crowd remained. And the Riot Act is that act where, you know, you... Do you know much about the Riot Act? Uh, no, in, in, inform me. In, in educate me. So the act, like it, it, if you Google it, the act allowed local officials to read a proclamation ordering illegal, illegally assembled groups of more than twelve people to disperse. So really, it's just a, <laughs> absolute yeah. weak fucking <laughs> resistance to when people are kicking out. Look, you're not allowed to do but this. So, oh, all right but, then. But what you can do then is arrest those who don't. So say if you're ah, outside, okay. so it now means it's against the law for you to be in that. Um, hmm. So. Uh, so the crowds were like, hmm, okay. They're, they decided to go to uh, a guy called Joseph Coffin, who was the president of the Court of Requests, that, that place I said mm. earlier, that where yeah. the court would keep a record of everyone's. And they went to his house, they stormed the house, they destroyed all the records of everyone's debts, which I think is brilliant. And they could no longer legally charge those people with the records that were mm. gone. And now the crowd had grown to 10,000 people. And um, it, they... they and it's believed they marched under the red flag for the first time. And you know that famous red communist socialist flag? Um, it's like a, it's usually has like a, a a fist on it. It's like a hand raised to it. And it's oh, a, I know. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's symbolic it's symbolic with the socialist movement. But it's, it's like the workers' flag. And this is the first mm. time in history it's ever been used. In advance of this, though, the UK government had already called for military support to head to Merthyr. Um, the order had gone a day before this, on the 1st of June, which implies that the government knew that Merthyr was on the brink of something big. So now these soldiers from the 93rd Regiment of Foot, they arrived from Brecon and found this giant army of uh, workers surrounding the castle in. So then when the, the army kind of got there, uh, things kind of got to this boiling point, and they, the crowd themselves decided to send some leaders, uh, such as Lewis Lewis, or Lewis Hellward, um, to detail the demands, which were they wanted to abolish the court of requests, they wanted higher wages, political reform. They were like dangerous chance of down with the king, which would have been classed as treason. Uh, they yeah. wanted a reduction in the price of bread. There was chance of barane wide, which translates as bread or blood. Which is bread or fucking blood. <laughs> yeah. so, and there was like signs of bread or blood. And they wanted a reduction in the cost of essential living and working equipment. 
So Lewis Lewis met with the Iron Masters and the police, but he got t- turned down on all fronts. So Crochet, that cruel Iron Master, he addressed mm. the crowd from the Castle Inn with the High Sheriff, and uh, he told everyone to go home and disperse. And the crowd were furious, so they hated him anyway, and they, can't, they mm. hate the fact he thought he was above the law. Um, so the crowd was enraged, and they tried to surround the soldiers, whilst Lewis Lewis called for the soldiers to be disarmed. Uh, the soldiers refused to step down and opened fire from within the Castle Inn. They took up shots from the windows and they fired out onto the crowd, uh, fired at men, women and children and killed 24 people, including women and children. But during the struggle, 16 soldiers were wounded in the fight. By now, some of the crowd had also wrangled weapons from the soldiers, which meant the army had to abandon the castle inn and retreat to Pendaren, not Pendaren, it's called Penadaren House. This now meant the workers were in charge of the town. And for four days, the magistrates, bailiffs and ironmasters were under siege and the rather fittingly named the castle inn. Um, uh, ironic. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't it ironic? Not ironic. Is, is it ironic? It's not it, ironic. No, I was, tra- it's when I was writing this. When I was, that's what I wrote, originally, I wrote, isn't it ironic that the castle is? Well, no, it's not ironic because the castle is meant to be used. So I changed it's it to fitting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're both better. Um, so now by the 4th of June, the armed inspection was fully in place. And the only place for the authorities was at this Pendadin house, or Pendadin house. Um, and things really shifted up a gear. The rioters had commandeered arms and explosives, they set up roadblocks, they formed guerrilla detachments, and they had banners kept with a symbolic loaf dyed in blood, uh, or dyed in red to resemble blood. Um, and those who had military experience had taken the lead in drilling the, uh, the armed paramilitary formations uh, and created an effective central command and communication systems. They literally turned Merthyr into a base. Jesus. It's crazy, man. Like, the government were... F- like the government kind of knew this was happening, so they were furious. So they even sent in more army to overpower and eliminate this giant threat. But the Merthyr mob were always one step ahead. Uh, they, they ambushed an army supply train that was being escorted by 40 of the Glamorgan Yeomanry, which was like a cavalry unit that was actually disbanded after this action because they were. Uh, they they came back again during the Second World War, but they got ambushed by you know civilians and overthrown. There's so a real um, like parallel there between the kind of. Uh you know, uh, guerrilla tactics of old, isn't it? Sort of, you know, yeah. using your knowledge the of the land and kind Definitely. of like the... Yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking mental. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't think of that, but they did it again then. The crowd ambushed another battalion. This time it was a Swansea Yeomanry. Uh, Ye- I'm not very good at my words. If, why? Yeah, this, I know. Uh, yeoman, isn't it? I think it's yeah, called. Yeomanry. Um, yeoman-ry. I know that because one time I made something called a yeoman's pudding. And, uh, <laughs> 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 just to detract from the seriousness of this but yeah. go, go well ahead. the old yeoman pudding boys uh, the crowd ambushed was the second lot for them they were the Swansea yeoman pudding boys who derived from Nice um, and then they beat up a third uh, relief force of 100 cavalry sent from Penderon House themselves so those were they, yeah they was um, they, they just on all fronts they were pushing back the actual army um, they also sent messages to galvanise other workers across South Wales, and now strikes had started in northern um, Monmouthshire, Neath, and the Swansea Valleys. So these riots now reached their peak. All these other places were rioting and uh, rising, mm. um, but there was a shift. Lots of the town folks and families got really scared by what was happening, and they were really scared of what the government would do next, and the implications mm. that would follow such an uprising. So loads of families left, and those who stayed with the mob began to lose momentum as they wanted different things and didn't have a united front. Um, and now it got to the 6th of June and uh, the crowd managed to organise another giant meeting and they were getting around fifteen to 20,000 members at Wine Common again but the authorities preempted this mass protest and sent out the troops the riot act was read once again uh, and, but this time they had 450 soldiers were sent to meet them with all their guns levelled meaning they came out with their guns pointing at the crowd 
Then the leaders of the rising, they fled. They thought, well, they're going to be first to get shot. So they uh, scarpered and the crowd mm. panicked. Um, so everyone kind of ran away. Um, and this, they all ran to like different areas. I think lots of them ran to Pendarian Woods, which is where Dick Pendarian and all that stuff get the name from. Um, okay. Because they, they ran there. Um, so after this, the Lewis Lewis and the other people had run away to escape. And after a few days, they got rounded up. Um, and they were sent to Cardiff Prison to await trial. And uh, we haven't even mentioned Dick Pendarian yet. I know, yeah, it's just so, a nice little prelude up to him. Yeah, so this has been mostly about the Merthyr Rising, which is really sad because, um, it, so Dick Pendarian, well, as you'll find out, he's actually called uh, Richard Lewis, um, but he was accused, the reason he's famous is because he was accused of using a bayonet uh, from a soldier's rifle to stab Private Donald Black, and that was in the very yeah. first part where I mentioned they were around that uh, castle inn. Uh, Private Black's injuries, they weren't fatal and he couldn't identify if it was either Lewis Lewis or Richard Lewis um, so Dick Penderian or anybody else in the crowd Mm. Uh, nevertheless at the conclusion of the uh, only a day long trial on the 13th of July 1831 uh, Mr Justice Bossonquet and the jury of Cardiff Aziz's, both Dick and Lewis were convicted and sentenced to death unlike with Lewis Lewis there was no evidence that Dick played any substantial part in the rising at all Lewis Lewis had his sentence commuted to transportation, which means he was sent off to prison in the colonies, uh, largely thanks to the testimony of a special constable, John Thomas, who Lewis said shielded him from the rioters. The rest of the people of Merthyr were convinced that Dick Pendarian had no responsibility whatsoever to the stabbing, um, yeah. and more than 11,000 people at the time signed a petition demanding his release. Even the conservative Cambrian newspaper yeah. objected to it. Who had been all for this, uh, you know, the, the Iron Masters. Yeah, clamping down on bloody, mm. yeah, so-called rioters and, yeah. It, it was a Quaker Iron Master from Neath called Joseph Price who went on to console the two condemned men and he was immediately convinced that Dick Pendarian's innocent and he had nothing to do with this. So um, he went to Merthyr to give evidence over this. Um, he persuaded the trial judge that the sentence was wrong and it was escalated to the Home Secretary to review. Um, now the Home Secretary at the time was a guy called Lord Melbourne um, and he was known for his severity and his hard attitude hard I was about to attitudes. say someone named Lord Melbourne sounds like he really understands the plight of a Welsh <laughs> miner so yeah. I'm sure he got off scot-free yeah. well he, he actually uh, he did actually delay the execution for two weeks but he refused to reduce the sentence despite pleas from not only the workers but also the Welsh establishment mm. it seems that execution occurred solely because Lord Melbourne wanted at least one rebel to die as an example Shock horror! You got Home Secretary. He's a fucking vindictive cunt. Yeah, funny that. I never heard that before. But yeah. <laughs> so on August thirteenth, a month later after the trial, uh, poor old Dick was hung outside Cardiff Jail. Um, yeah, I read it was um, basically where anyone familiar with Cardiff now is the um, it's the entrance to Cardiff Market from yeah, um, St Mary's Street. St Mary's, yeah. Yeah, there's a bl- I've seen the blue plaque loads of times. They used to work opposite it, and there's a as you can find a blue plaque commemorating this like cruel act by the authorities. He was only 23, and his last words were "Or Adgloyth Damagamweth," which in English is "Oh Lord, here is iniquity," which means like yeah. immoral or grossly unfair. I read that as well. It was good. Those are pretty fucking good last words, considering yeah. you'd probably be shitting yourself. I know I probably my last words would be. <laughs> or something like that. But I didn't do it. I, I didn't, didn't do it, my lord. I didn't do it, my lord. Please don't make me do it, my lord. Oh, please, I'll be good, my lord. I swear to God, I'll be good. I'll be but, good as um, gold for my lord. I promise you that, Let me lord. go back to Wales, won't you, lord? Oh, please, um, lord. I know I'm in Wales, but let me go back to Merthyr. Oh, oh, please, please go, my lord. Oh, please, my lord. But, let uh, me go back to Merthyr, too. Yes. To say, lord, this is not, this is iniquity. Yeah. Is oh, I'd go with 
I love it. Yeah. I think it's a good anyway. Ride. I'll quickly wrap this up so I don't yap on for too long. But he um, thousands upon thousands accompanied his body through the Vale of Glamorgan to his grave, um, and apparently a load of churches refused to refused to accept his body. Now I couldn't Very figure Christian. out. Well, yeah, I know. I couldn't figure out if it was out of anger at the authorities or in reality because they didn't want their church to become martyrdom or a place to inspire rebelliousness, so they refused to mm. let him in. And then in 1874, a man named Yantor Parker confessed on his deathbed in the United States to Evan Evans that he stabbed Black, the the guy who was who Dick Pendern had been accused of stabbing, mm. and then fled to America, fearing capture by the authorities. Thus exonerated yeah, Dick Yeah, I read Pendern. that as well. Stop yeah. saying you read that. Uh, I read it all right. <laughs> uh, another man named James Abbott, who testified against Dick Pendering at the trial, also later admitted lying under oath, and he was renowned for having a vendetta against poor Dick. Um, mm. There's been a few petitions to get Dick pardoned uh, posthumously, um, but it hasn't got enough signatures to trigger a parliamentary debate. Um, so maybe we can galvanise our listeners and start a petition and get our boy. I was going to say, I'd love to think that that would work, but my cynical little heart would think <laughs> even if we got, like, fucking, you know, well, a million you signatures. You need 10,000 yeah. to get it discussed. Because even, even like if a, we got it discussed, I don't yeah. think fucking well, anything uh, would come Well, a Welsh politician tried to get it uh, discussed, um, and he even, you know, as a MP couldn't get it done. Um, mm. I'll quickly run through what happened after this. So the, that truck act, you remember I said earlier that truck system where yeah. they wouldn't pay you? The truck act was passed. So that means while the, while the passing the truck act meant it was no longer, you were no longer allowed to use that as a system of paying your staff. Um, and yeah. they don't say it's a direct consequence of the risings, but the government had to make these practices of paying workers tokens illegal. So you're no longer allowed to do mm. it. And um, it was a result of the government's concern of the prevalence of the truck system that abused the working class. So is it like a positive outcome mm. from this rising? And they didn't want to link it directly to this because they didn't want to show that, like if you oh, yeah, if you, if you done. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you actually push hard enough, you'll get you'll get results. But exactly. it, it kind of you know it, it this happened very shortly after. Um, mm. Another thing that happened was unions were stamped out. Um, the, in the immediate fallout, um, the workers were forced to give up their union. Uh, the Iron Master, led by Joseph John Guest, decided to... Rem- uh, he was the one who I mentioned earlier who was quite nice in some areas. He, yeah. was, um, he decided on the removal of the unions. So workers at mm. Dowlice and Plymouth were told to either give up the union or lose their jobs. And those who chose to stay with the union were locked out of work, which eventually led to poverty and starvation, so they left with no choice but to return to work. Um, I, I haven't read up when the unions came back in, but for a while this really did stamp it out. Um, mm. And then Iron Masters. So while Crashaw was partly blamed for his role in the Risings, he was blamed by the UK authorities and the Welsh. The authorities didn't punish them, but they were partly to blame. But they decided to yeah. uh, to really punish the people who rose up against them to show that violence would never be allowed by giving them violence. So it's allowed <laughs> yeah, to feel so the authorities. Yeah. Parliamentary representation. So like I said earlier, Merthyr never had a representation in Parliament. But after this, the first representatives in Merthyr uh, in Parliament was justify a guest that Guy Hammett was the Iron Master. And then there was something called the Reform Act that was supported by the workers um, and the working class. And that gave the industrial and political leaders around them uh, power to like change their working conditions and stuff like that. So from, from this rising, the Reform Act came about and it was a big part of how the working class could get better rights as workers. And then finally, one thing that came from it was Welsh identity and working class history. So the industrial and rural protests in England and Wales, such as the Merthyr Risings, drove various like different outcomes, like I just said. Um, yeah. And whilst the Risings failed in some of its aims, it became a significant part of the history of the Welsh working class. 
and um, massive first not first step you know what I mean massive step forward isn't it you know like you said like unions busted and stuff like that but the fact that you've got representation and yeah absolutely yeah, and better. it's it is you know whatever the government would try to have you think it worked you know yeah, what I mean the, exactly. the, yeah, yeah it absolutely yeah. worked it, it, it um, and it also so with uh, Dick Pendarian dying he died as a martyr and his death further embittered relations between the Welsh workers and the authorities and it strengthened the trade union movement and charterism uh, in the run up to the Newport Rising which I don't know anything about uh, so it's probably one we should add to the list and cover yeah Newport definitely Rising. one to cover I reckon so yeah. so that's uh, sorry I talked for most of that and, no uh, mate I fucking I was enthralled it's a, it's a, I think it's, a, it's I just found it mad interesting that like a town fought the government and, and took over the town for like eight and days. And it seemed like they were winning from most of it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, because I, I, I always knew about Dick Pendarian in the sense I knew he got hung, but I didn't know all the backstory and I knew yeah. there was outrage about him being hung, but didn't really know. How I it feel a bit bad now because I've often, I've often made an offhanded joke about Merthyr and its residents, but you know what, boys, <laughs> big respect now. Oh, I love Merthyr. <laughs> I went for a, I've been there for work a few times. I think the people are fucking class and, um, I went there for a, a, a I won't say a, a political protest once. Uh, I to be fair, one of my uh, one of my uh, favorite people in work is from Merthyr as well, so it's you know. Yeah, I think it does get. It's just jokes, mate. It's just jokes. In COVID, it had like a really high uh, COVID rate, and um, mm. the BBC did an article about it being it's because it's ingrained within the community to be cutchy to be part of it you know to hug each other to say hi to each other and it's so Cause and, it's such a like um, community sort yeah. of attitude there isn't it you know yeah. everyone's everyone's mate kind of thing I think it's a bit like Liverpool in that sense and Liverpool's like Liverpool always class themselves as Scouse not English and they yeah. don't like the, the, the world you know they, they, they see themselves as very much Scouse I think people at Merth have a real strong identity mm. um, and I, I, yeah so there's places like that in England like um my granddad was a Yorkshireman and he, he always yeah, used definitely. to say if you just tell him he was English you just kick off and be like I'm not, yeah. I'm not English I'm a Yorkshireman I, I think that's what the English struggle with a bit more than Wales like Wales gets to identify it as Wales and whereas in England south of England is so massively different to the north of England and then mm. people in the north of England don't feel represented like how people well, in the south uh, do now this is a, a proper use of the word irony is that back in sort of medieval times and pre-medieval times Wales was all disjointed like that. You wouldn't yeah. say you were Welsh, you'd say you were a man of Gwynedd or you're a man of Powys or De Haybath or whatever. Yeah. And England was a bit more of a united front, even though yeah. they had the different sort of uh, areas and, um, and whatnot. And now it's just sort of switched off. And I would, you know, I would hazard a guess that, you know, a North Whalen and a, uh, a South Whalen would both consider themselves very much Welsh. Welsh. Yeah, definitely. Whereas, you know, a Yorkshireman, Liverpudlian, uh, and uh, someone from London might not. Yeah, see eye to eye in that respect. You know? Like I, I definitely, I get no North Wales and South Wales people. Sometimes, like, I don't. Get oh, we butt heads. Stuff, I get I, sometimes. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I just can't be asked to think you're, you're Welsh, mate. Chill out. Um, but we, at least you have this national identity, and I think it's coming stronger and stronger. Whereas, like you said, yeah, people from different parts of England don't feel like a connected England. Like there is a there isn't like that common thread between the South and the. Well, our common thread in Wales is we call ourselves Welsh. In England, yeah. you don't have that common thread of like feeling like you're you're part of the same thing. You There's feel a definite disconnect. Yeah, yeah. 100%. but yeah, I am. I, um, I hope this, this was more of a serious one, but um, I hope people enjoyed it. An important one, I'd say. Yeah, especially because like we weren't that asked about doing it. I don't think. I think it was on our list, and like I wasn't. I didn't really have emotions either way. I don't think. But when I was reading about it, I thought, "Fuck, man!" It's like it's it's annoying how things haven't changed so much. So, you know, you got doctors striking now and everyone's striking now because all they want is a bit. They just want a, a fair share. Yeah. 
And we're gonna. Um, this is gonna sound preachy for me now, like like I'm an old fucking granddad or whatever. But mm. you do. Um, if you don't look at like the history of stuff, yeah, you'll never know it. how things have changed or not changed. Really, sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, you're doomed to repeat it. And yeah, like you said, you see echoes of the same thing happening kind of now, didn't you? With people just being taken advantage of and not being paid enough to fucking live a half decent life. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's frustrating, but. Maybe we should pick up arms. <laughs> well, yeah. Well. So next week, march on Parliament, right? We're all doing it. And, uh, <laughs> See you there, lads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, the podcast rising. The pod rising. The pod does a river. River. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. You don't have to say it. I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah you know what I meant. I've, uh, my eyes, I've just got so happy. It's like that phone call of work earlier. I've just zoomed oh, out. Oh, hey, I've got a lot going on at the moment, actually. <laughs> oh, so, you know, don't blame me. Yeah, my yeah. dad doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Should we uh, knock that on the end and get ready for the second record? Yeah, that's why not. We're doing a double yeah. bubble tonight. So, yeah, so we'll expect the next episode to be a lot more drunk. That's a bit more boozy. Yeah. I didn't drink much at all during that, to be fair. So, oh mate, you you, you two be gabbing off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. this bloody pender in that. But obviously, <laughs> to to clean this episode out now, to to end it on a high note, I just want to say thank you, Dick Turpin, <laughs> top lad. <laughs> well done, man. If you could drop us a follow on Instagram, because we're trying to build it up a little bit, and I'm going to get better at posting on there, and we might do some live videos of us. Um, not live videos, some what's called videos of us. Clips from the show. Um, mm. And if you follow, it's Tales uh, for Wales Pod, I think. Yeah, Tales number four Wales podcast, and you'll find it on there. Um, it's Tales for Wales, the number four, on YouTube and Twitter. So get around all of them. And as always, if you drop us a five-star or... Send it on to your mates. We'd uh, fucking love us. You know what I mean? I'd love it's that. Muchos appreciado, yeah. my friends. And uh, yeah, give us little suggestions. You know, things you like, things you don't like, and you know, we, we're doing better at taking criticism. So um, yeah, by all means, share share what you share what you think. Yeah, much be like all the correspondence. Some nice messages of late, and it warms our cockles. Oh, we always send, we always screenshot them and send them to each other, don't we? It always makes us feel nice. Yeah. All right. Cheers, all. See you in a bit. Cheers, lads. Can I have I was violent and with my good mate Matt King Rob travellers at gunpoint, money watches, anything My horse, it wasn't called Black Vessel Though that's what you...